Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Welcome everyone to this live episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with host Lou Wise and joining us is Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair for the ISM's report on business for manufacturing. And since we're all about manufacturing and the ISM has been with us for almost, well, actually, today's show would be the 10-year anniversary of their involvement because next month will be the beginning of the new 10 years. So, Tim, be sure and thank the ISM for having you on it with us. Wow, 10 years, huh? Wow. wow. That is amazing. We just completed it with this episode. So we're always excited to have the ISM on. That's good. I'm very happy. Do you hear that, everybody in the audience? 10 years. Now, just to add to that, interestingly enough, Manufacturing Talk Radio is the number one weekly podcast in manufacturing. Pick the country. Globally, USA, we're the leader. We are the 800-pound gorilla. <laughs> All right. So what, what makes the ISM number great, it's history. It's, you know, we've been doing this with numbers since 1948. We've been doing this with journal entries since 1933 or something. So, you know, we, we clearly, in spite of all the other people who want to get into this space, we're still given the, the nod because we have that historical perspective that we can reach on. In fact, I did reach into it, Paul and myself and Christina this weekend, along with uh, Anthony, to look to see what, what happened to PMI numbers when there was more than a couple of days government shutdown. It was interesting. We'll talk about that later. But so we're, you know, we're, we're kind of backed by the fact that we've been around so long. We got so much data. The panels are so stable. We provide reliable information. We're an early indicator. So we're now, it's now confirmed that we're hooked up with you guys, that you're the, you're the world's leading manufacturing mouthpiece. And you've been doing it for 10 years, not, you know, not 1932, but not too many people could talk about being around for that long. <laughs> so yeah, congratulations to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the Lou and Tim. Nice job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. you as well. And I like your numbers for this report. Well, were you surprised? Uh, yes. You were. I, I told yeah. you we were, look, we could hit 50 before the year was over. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, you got a point to go, but uh, I consider 49 as 50. I, I wouldn't argue that. I mean, it's close enough, close enough for horseshoes. You know, <laughs> 49, that's a really good number. It, it kind of says number. that we're operating at the same level as we were in August, which we finally stopped the, the decline. Now, we never went into a serious decline. Serious decline would have been a PMI in the 45 or less. Remember, you know, I tracked that 45 or less by the industry sector, uh, but we did contract. And then I think last month I indicated that I thought we were in the trough. I confirmed right. that I thought we were in the trough. So now it's not when are we going to get to the bottom and then we're going to grow out. The question remained, well, okay, we're in the bottom. When are we going to grow out? So we eliminated one of those variables. This, this month's number confirms that we were in the trough. We're now stable to August, 49 versus 50. So now the sub-indexes, the five sub-indexes that make up the PMI, changed pretty significantly and several cases for the better other cases was probably because of timing so and we can we can explore that in the half hour that we're on with you i'm curious about one thing 
I do know that the Institute of Supply Management, that this report, many economists, world famous people listen to it and they wait, they're drinking their coffee, they're waiting for the number, they're all putting in their bets. And every president is also waiting for that number. I wonder if uh, uh, Jimmy Carter was sitting there this morning waiting for the number. Uh, well, you saw, he just had his big birth, 99th birthday. 99th birthday, our 10th, your 48th. Wow. <laughs> Man, he, he's, he's amazing, amazing. Yeah. He certainly is. He certainly is. Yeah. That, okay, really, let's, really let's go. Let's hear the story. Okay, so we came in at 49. We actually beat expectations by a point. So the, the economist has us at 48. We came in at 49. Good number. So let's talk, you know, we talk demand, we talk outputs, we talk inputs. So let's talk demand first. New order to level came in at 49 and some change. Wow. But kind of says that the rates of incoming new orders match what had happened in August. Okay, that's good. We no longer have, you know, 5% less, 10% less, whatever, 45s. We actually got the 43, I think, or 42 and some change in the new order level several months back. So, all right, it sounds like buyers and sellers are starting to have handshakes, freeing up, because a lot of the reason the new order level has been down was first, we had the over-ordering that we had to burn off and we had 13 months, 13 months of burning it off. And then we ran into the price increases that suppliers wanted that buyers were not willing to agree to because the macroeconomic factors are saying that, hey, we're headed for a recession, prices are gonna drop, the PMI prices index is dropping. How come my prices aren't dropping? Well, arguments, fights, disagreements. You know, a lot of that has to do with ordering efficiency at suppliers. When do they order? How often do they order? What are the contra contractual arrangements they have with their key suppliers? How much inventory are they carrying? You got to figure a lot of these companies were carrying high-priced inventory going into this year that they had to bleed off at respectable prices and maybe even above the current market prices. So those arguments have been going on. And I think we finally got to the point where oil price is now at 100 bucks, steel price is down at about 700, I think, which is pretty respectable. Copper price is dropping, aluminum price is dropping. I think buyers kind of jumped in and said, okay, we're probably at the best point we're gonna be for the next six months. Let's go ahead and make these commitments because people have to place orders now for deliveries in Q1 of next year. So I think you saw some of that, and I think you'll see more of that in October. I think uh, buyers would probably not be doing their job properly if they waited longer. If they wait longer, they're going to run into delivery problems because lead times are still extended. So they're they're probably already operating within lead times, arguing with their suppliers about what the pro proper price structure is. The supplier is saying, "Hey, you're already inside my lead time fans. So you better make a decision. You better make a decision." Those are, and then the, the buyer says. Hey, I don't care about your lead time fence. You got to deliver it to me anyway. Eventually, it all kind of collapses, and people say, "Okay, let's let's get going." We're also in the business planning season here for 2024. We've been in it for a month, but September it gets kind of serious. October even more so. And you know, in that, you kind of agree to prices for next year and order rates. And and if you have issues in this year, you're going to resolve those two. So the point is, with oil prices being a hundred bucks a barrel. I, that's only going to incentivize the new order level and probably get it back up above 50. So that's positive. The other three elements in the demand side, new export orders, more comments about Europe being very weak. It's still a sleepy metric. 
Uh, I don't expect it to wake up for a while. Germany is still struggling. China got above 50, I think, in their PMI this month for the first time, but marginally, you know, it might as well have been 48. And then we have the customer inventory number, which is at the, I think it's the midpoint of about right. So, which is good, or maybe even the low side of about right, but it's, it's accommodative. It's not above 50, which is bad. So it's below 50, which is good. So I'm seeing that as a marginally good activity. The last one is backlog. Backlog collapsed faster in September than it did in August. Now, I think that's a timing issue. I'm going to call that timing. Let's see what happens in October. It, it, you know, We exceeded our production output, but we also uh, we did decrease our new order level slightly. But I would have thought that backlog would have kind of responded a little bit. It, it slowed, its, slowed its easing maybe, but it actually sped it up. So we'll see. You know, you got a couple of these in the report. You got backlog, you got employment, you got prices. That all might be tied into a timing issue. But the uh, production number went up. Yeah. So, so let's talk about output. So that yeah. would, yeah, that would affect your backlog. Yeah. Let's, you're right. Yes. So production went up fifty-one two fifty-two five. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's not fifty-one and a half or fifty. It's pretty good. Fifty-two five is okay. If I had a PMI of fifty-two five, I'd be really happy. So, you know, I, and I think it's, it's all kind of tied together. I had a lot of comments around people building for the end of the year. So that could mean that they're building inventory so that they don't have as much stress in the holiday period. It, it could be that they're trying to build inventory and then they're going to do, do some de-staffing, which I can't really tell. We can talk about employment here in a minute. But in any event, they consciously decided to build more. They had the people, they had the material uh, I don't know that they really had the full demand. Usually I use production as a surrogate for revenue. It may not be that case this month. There may have been material going into inventory. And that could be why the manufacturing inventory number came up, that they're building into inventory and therefore our inventory levels are higher. But it was a good number, uh, you know, positive, definitely positive number, encouraging. Uh, I don't know that we're going to see that stay, but I don't see it dropping below 48. I think we're back in that 48.52 range. Uh, Historically, with uh, All Metals and Forge Group, September is usually the beginning of our better season. So September comes, October is good, November is usually great until Thanksgiving. Uh, December, we've had some surprises because people got to get rid of the money before the end of the year. And then uh, January, you know, you got a week or 10 days, people are recuperating. And then mid-January, February, March, it's it's going good. And right. uh, Tim threw some numbers around pre-show today about the GDP uh, looking like it's going to continue going up. 2%. We would have, during the Obama years, we would have killed for 2%. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Right. 1.7 was the goal that works. We, yeah, we've gone through the first half of the year at what they believe to be 2%. Now, 2% out of that off of last year's level, you know, last year's level wasn't, you know, 2018 levels. So right. uh, that being said, too, but um, we're, yeah, we're in a pretty healthy environment. So let, let's stay on the output side. So production exceeded expectations. And as I said, there were comments here about building for the end of the year. Uh, employment, that was a big surprise. Employ and I think that's a timing issue too. Be although my the sentiment of my panelists 
is that they're more positive this month than they were in August, uh, but they're not hitting their headcount targets. But you know, I got two to one hiring versus managing down. That's up from 1.2 to one in August. A pretty clear definition that more people are expanding in the month of September versus August. But the other indication I got was this, there seemed to be a lot more reliance now on freezes. So you remember last month we talked about attrition being the number one way to get headcount down. Well, it only works if your quits rate remains at a decent level. If you're trying to get down you know, more than just a handful of people, you're hoping that the quits rate continues and you just don't replace, if you know 10 people quit, you replace three of them. Uh, but I think you know what happened was is that the quits rate reduced in the month of August and September. Therefore, they didn't have the same population that they could not rehire. So they've resorted more in the month of September to freezes, which says, okay, I know I got 100 put-ons out there to hire. We're going to freeze all of them. And <clears throat> if you really need somebody, come and see me. That's, a, that's the second fast, slowest way to get head count down. The third uh, fastest way is through layoffs. So, but the good thing here, the, the point is layoffs are not being used as much as they were in May. May was the month that we had a big spike in layoffs where the realization kind of set in that second half demand is not going to be as good as first half demand. We got too many heads. We've got to reduce them. We saw layoffs be a primary tool in May and it's diminished ever since to the point where it's a very small percent of the force reduction activities in the month of September, which would indicate that the panelists feel that in a short to moderate term, demand is stable enough to not have to rush to get rid of people. Now, that being said, I did also mention that there were comments about people building for the holiday season and to close the year, which, you know, and I also indicated that, well, that could be a strategy to maximize plant efficiency and then announce layoffs in early November. It could very well be. We're going to see what happens. It's you know I can't can't really tell that. But in the meantime, right now it feels like the employment number is just a seasonal thing, not a seasonal thing. It's a timing issue, and that will get back down to 48, 49 in uh, in October. That's that's my feeling. I don't think it's going to stay. So, but output was good. Not sure if it was a, it's a direct surrogate for revenue in the month of September. Like I said, I think some of that output could have been building inventory for October deliveries. So then you get to the input side, which is supplier deliveries, inventories, imports, and prices. Uh, the supplier deliveries, they actually slowed in the month of September, which it reversed three months worth of improvement. Let me call it improvement so I don't confuse everybody. So how could that be? Well, we, we don't seasonally adjust supplier delivery numbers anymore. We used to. We stopped doing it a couple of years ago because we didn't see the seasonality in supplier deliveries. But there, there is a seasonality in August versus September, because suppliers are on vacations and holidays too. Therefore, they're not as responsive. And then, you know, everybody's back in September. So I, I think that's kind of what happened here is that you had this struggle in August and September. And they in the month of September, they were deemed to be slower than what they were in August, which is really a you know a function of what happened in July. So I think again, I think we're going to see that number return back to a 47, 48 in the month of October. And then you get the inventory number finally coming out of the, of the seller. Uh, it came up a couple points at 1.8 points, which is positive. I think it's way too low. Uh, it's a good indicator that people are really managing their, their cash. Uh, it's a, it was a strong indicator that you didn't have a mess in the supply chain due to the overordering. 
So now we're seeing it grow. It could be because there's some finished goods being put in there uh, by building ahead. Uh, it's still contracting, no doubt, but I think it's got upside. It's got upside in the month of October to a 48, 49. So, you know, so the summary on this thing is that uh, I think we're back to the 48 to 52 range for the next three months. This number could, uh, I don't see it going below 48 in October or November, uh, absent any kind of uh, strikes. You know, the, the big strike could be an issue. Uh, the, the, an extreme impact from $100 oil. You know, the one thing I didn't mention here, the imports are stable, consistent with a lower imp, uh, output. Prices came down too dramatically, which was a bit of a surprise the month before 48, this month, I think 42, 43. So why is that? Well, all your commodities are down. Steel is close to uh, historicals, aluminum, copper, all down. Uh, so, so how come everything is down and is it going to stay down? I, I don't see it staying down because there were indications of price pressure surcharges on the transportation side, and that's only going to spread to every, everywhere. Nobody's going to sit on high cost energy and not pass it on quickly. And I think quickly in this term is going to be October. You know, I, th I think we'll see prices get back to a 48, 49 level. I'd like to ask you a question. There's a, uh, with regard to uh, our all metals and forge group, it seems as though when oil gets to about 90 or $100 a barrel, our business gets better. We haven't been able to figure that out for years. But when I heard yesterday that oil was $100, I popped a bottle of champagne. Well, it could be people jumping in and trying to place orders at advantage pricing. You know, yeah. thinking that, okay, you hold oil at 100, if it gets to 125, you know it's a disaster. Right. You hold oil at 100 and it's going to drive pricing up, which means you're going to be arguing with them about price increases. So and I think that's why a lot of buyers jumped into the market in, in September is they kind of in, they kind of felt that, okay, we're at the bottom of pricing structure here. The only thing we can see is headwinds. So let's go ahead and place orders. That, that could be what happens with you, Lou, because you got a, a significant amount of energy costs in your cost structure too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, heat, heat, heat. yeah I, like, I like your answer. Now we have an answer. <laughs> you might. You might. <laughs> now, about next month. I think that we're going to see 50 plus. Okay, let's write that down, Tim. <laughs> yeah, I will. So it's been written, so it shall be done. He's he's waiting for me to respond. I'm not sure I'm going to respond. I'm, yeah, I'm going to stick with my, my, my answer is, I, I, I still see that we could hit 50 or above before the year's over. Next yeah, month. entirely possible. Tim, in the overall, because you get a lot of respondents comments more than what you put in the report how are the respondents feeling about things going forward yeah so so the optimism number uh returned to a 2.5 to one it was the same thing in august meaning that for every three and a half to four comments that i got from at the headline level two and a half of those were positive about the future and you know positive meaning you know stable Stable to me, I, I categorize that as positive, stable, uh, and, or growing. You know, re reducing is not positive. So we're two and a half to one in September, two and a half to one in August. 
back in July, we were one to 1.2. So that's a huge shift, huge shift. So I guess in answer to your question, they're feeling more optimistic. And, and that then ties into probably the whole employment number and the fact that we haven't seen large-scale layoffs because they don't see the need for it yet. Uh, from a softening standpoint, you know, I, I, I track comments around softening, which would, it's an indicator of, okay, our order books are softening, meaning that the incoming orders are nowhere near what the bill ratio is. And we sat at 23% of headline comments around softening, down from 32% in August and 30% in July. So, so again, a feeling that things were not in that decline cycle when it came to demand. Where it, it kind of feels like we're getting more to the bottom of the demand cycle. So, and, and if you recall, we did hit a 43 or something on new orders way back. We, uh, we were 45.6 about four months ago. And I think we had 43 probably in early summer, May or June. Tim, I'm also wondering on employment as we now move into the holiday hiring season, I am seeing very aggressive numbers by large retailers on what they plan to hire for the holidays are they in sync with prior years or are they higher with prior years as you might recall yeah i think they're lower tim i think they're lower yeah the okay. numbers i've seen from amazon and from walmart seem to be lower i you know i wouldn't i wouldn't bet 100 bucks on that but my impression of reading the numbers that they put out is oh that's lower than what they normally do i think even fedex FedEx was lower too. So that kind of sinks in with the, the overall decline in economic activity. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm trying to get a feel for is where do we think the holiday buying season is going to be? What is Q4 going to look like? Because we just entered it yesterday. <laughs> so so the, only, the only stuff I really have on that is that ocean freight is not stressed. You know, and, and the holiday period is a lot of imports and we're it's just, it's not, you're not hearing anything. Gene Soroka is not on TV talking about Los Angeles and Long Beach. And for the last three years, he's been headlined in the August, September timeframe. That's the peak period for inbound freight for the holiday season. Right. So there's no ships offshore. They, you know, the union did not strike. They they actually operated without a contract for nine months or a year. I think they settled it too recently. So yes. now that's kind of a, that's a surrogate a bit. I mean, it, the Port of Long Beach in LA is a surrogate for economic activity for the holiday period. I think so much of it came from, uh, from Asia. Uh, you know, I th think something like 30 or 40% of the containers coming into those ports are consumer goods for the holiday season or some ungodly number and it's not there so i i don't know i don't you know and and you got student loans started up again that's that's what that's about a 40 50 billion withdrawal from the economy uh you know there's there's a bunch of activity happening now that uh you know our personal savings rates are down the amount of money that we've saved has been depleted so there's a lot of credit card debt is climbing there's a lot of indicators out there. This thing is a slow moving animal, but yeah. you know, I, I, I think we're in the trough. We've been in the trough for probably three months. I don't really know when we're going to come out. The period below 50 now is, is almost record breaking in the last 20 years. 
which is a bit of a surprise. But then again, we've been a, a below 50, but not seriously below. We've been hanging 46 plus. And, and you know, usually, usually you see something down in the 43, 44 range. We never got there. So the fact that we're here longer, but we're not as deep, there's it, probably a relationship to that. And I, I think we're going to stay here, you know, at this 48 to 52 level, probably through the first quarter of next year. Well, I think that's probably right, Lou. I'm sticking with 50. <laughs> I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Okay, put me down at 49, 49.2. 49.2. And how many dollars are you putting on that? Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, the only thing I'm not willing to do is to bet my yellow jacket. <laughs> okay, sounds good to us. Well, Tim, we appreciate all of the updates that the Institute for Supply Management provides. We're, we always look forward to Anthony Nieves joining us for the services report on business. We like to needle him a little bit that this is really the leading indicator, even though his is 80 some percent of the economy. He's still the tail of the dog. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks well, for joining us. He, you know, he's, he's, he's got that big question about, I think I mentioned, I don't know if we got into it. So, you know, we went and we looked at the PMI numbers during the shutdowns. There was, there was one in Clinton's period, uh, nuclear and Clinton. We had one in Obama and I think that was, and then we had one with Trump. So, and, and they all went more than seven days, I think, because if it's two or three days, who cares? Didn't see any blip on the manufacturing side. There might be something on the services side, but it could be just in the public administration sector where the government kind of operates. So uh, Tony's got that whole industry sector in his bag. I think it's 9% of, I think it's 12% of services, which is big, you know, yeah, huge piece. So, but you know, the whole thing is it's such a waste of time. It's so disturbing. Uh, I, I don't want to get into it. It's, I was glad to hear that the you know common sense kind of prevailed. I've lived through so many shutdowns now. I'm sick of it. It's like it's like making news. What are we making this news? This is all bad news. Bad. This is bad. Stop yeah. it. If right. it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> hey, I will say on the close that you know you guys ten years. I, I still get out and about, and I have a lot of people commenting about this half hour show that that we do. Because I, I think this is the most comprehensive review that I do on the PMI in the month. So, uh, we, you know, we do a half hour, you know, 20 minutes to a half hour. We do it. It's good conversation. It's in depth. It gives me a chance to talk about more of the detail because that's where the action is. It's in the detail. The other stuff that I do is, you know, five to 10 minutes. So just to kind of pass on to you guys, a lot of people watch this show because they're, they're looking to get a deeper understanding of what it all means. In this case, to sum it up, Came in at 49, which is 1.4 points higher than August, which really says that we operated about the same level as August. Uh, we're in the trough. We're probably going to sit here at a 48 to 52 now for two or three months. Uh, demand shows signs of coming back. Manufacturing is, is ready to produce whatever is needed because they've got the people and the material. Uh, and that prices although they were declining in September, we'll probably not continue that trend in October. I think we'll see backlog come back up. It'll start to get closer to the 50 number. And I think you'll see employment go back down to the high 40s. So 
it's a good report. It's a, it's a positive thing. You know, a lot of people have asked me the question about, okay, we're going to have interest rates for higher and longer. What does it mean to manufacturers? You know, we're still sitting here at a Fed's, Fed funds rate of 5.5. I can remember working for many, many years in an environment that a lot more than that. This is, <laughs> right. we're just spoiled with 2% and 1.5%. Dealing with a, with a 5% federal funds rate is not catastrophic. I think it's neutral at about four, I think. Okay, so, and, and my point with, with all the people who asked me the question today was, well, look, the biggest enemy of business is uncertainty. If, if that's the extent of uncertainty that we already know we're kind of probably at the peak of interest rates, probably not gonna see much more, probably no more than six. And you know, you might've thought it was gonna last for six months, which would be unrealistic. It's now gonna last for a year and a half, so what? As long as business knows what they get, what they're looking forward to, and, and the knowing is the upside that it will eventually drop, it's all positive. It's much better than not knowing where we're going. And right now, it feels like we have a lot more clarity than where we were when we started the summer. Well said, uh, Tim, and thank you for all of your input for the last 10 years, even though you weren't here for the whole 10 years. There was, it was always Brad Holcomb and uh, Tim Fiore. Um, so that, that's a great, great history we got. Uh, and for all those who are, have been listening to our show, uh, if you like the show, hit that like button. And if you really like it, hit the subscribe button. The more people we have watching, the longer I can keep this show on the air. How's that? <laughs> Good closure, Tim. Good, uh, Lou. Good closure. <laughs> That's right. And we want to thank all of our listeners and viewers. We appreciate our audience and we love to hear like from Tim Fiore that he's getting comments. I know Lou's getting comments about the show. So once again, thank you for joining us on this live episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Okay. Thanks everybody. Take care now. Bye-bye. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please like and subscribe, share on social media, or leave a review. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Rumble, or your favorite podcast app. Visit us online at mfgtalkradio.com for our other episodes. We have also included links to our advertisers below. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.